Father, we thank you for this time together. We are grateful for your presence through your Holy Spirit to, to teach us and to guide us into your eternal purpose. Father, we thank you for loving us and granting us your incredible grace through this process of sanctification, Lord, of coming to know you, of being transformed into your likeness. And I pray tonight that as we open your word, as we open uh, your scripture, Lord, that the spirit of revelation would flood this place. It would bring us into a closer place of knowing you, knowing your heart, knowing your desires for how we are to live on this earth. How your glory will be made known to those who don't yet know you. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you were sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and release us from all forms of oppression. And so, Father, I pray. I pray that as I share tonight, Lord, I pray that it would be you who speaks. And as testimony of your truth, as testimony of what you are doing in and through your body tonight, Lord. The freedom that I have experienced, Lord, the freedom that I have been released into. I pray that tonight, brothers and sisters, would also come to know your freedom. Would receive the sight and have anything that holds them back from receiving you fully released in Jesus' name. We are here for you tonight, Lord. We are here for you to speak. And I thank you, Father, that as we praise, as we glorify, as we lift your name, Lord, it is a sweet incense to you. You respond to people who give their all to you, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that in this place we would not hold a single ounce of who we are back from you, but we would be prostrate, humble, surrendered before you to allow you to speak and allow you to do your work. You are faithful. You are Yahweh forever and always the same. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Superb. Come and grab a seat. Thank you all so much for, for coming out in the wind and the rain to be here tonight. <laughs> Come and make yourself comfortable and uh, Rochelle will uh, start to pass out just some notes and uh, things that we'll have an opportunity to discuss a little bit later um, with the people around your table and also a little something which, uh, which will help uh, you to fill in a little bit uh, as well, but we'll come to that later for sure. <laughs> yeah, it really is my belief and my prayer tonight that what I just declared over you, that, uh, that as we humble ourselves and we're willing to, to go on this journey of allowing him to define us, allowing him to define us by his word and, and the testimony of those uh, that experienced it firsthand that we read of in his word, then we can come into the, the fullness of the freedom that is available to us. We can be released of oppression and we can know that sight that is available to us. And it's all in and it's all through him. And uh, so I pray that, uh, that tonight that uh, what gets released, what gets spoken um, has, that, uh, has that anointing upon it to, to release us into a greater measure of Him. Amen. So um, I believe that God always has a word in season and um, 
since the last time that I was speaking here, I was uh, delivering a message of living um, from a place of knowing that you're a child of God. And it was so in, integral and so important to, uh, to that posture was humility. I spoke about how humility um, opens the doorway for God not only to speak, but to perform a work in us. And um, it's been a real privilege just in amongst the people that I, I walk with in, in discipleship and um, other people that get the chance to, to interact with on Sundays, just to hear the testimony, but also just the, uh, just the life journeys of what people are experiencing um, in and through the trials, through the tribulations, the challenges, but also through the testimony, through the life, through the, the joy that actually comes from engaging with the process that he lays out before us. Um, but something has, has really stood out for me as being quite significant in, in what eases that process, what makes the, um, uh, the way, as we heard from Mel a few weeks ago in the morning, you know, just speaking about the, a truth that um, is defined by him in and through his words or in through uh, the Spirit coming to reveal us, there is a way that is, that is lived out so that the life of that way um, comes about. And, um, and in, in, in talking with others and, and, and even in the experience of, of my own life recently, or at least over this, this last past year, it has been, um, it's imperative that we, we walk with a posture and a, and a significant trait of what Christ promised us through the Holy Spirit, and that is walking in His peace, walking in His rest. And um, we, we're not renowned, whether it's believers or, or non-believers, when, when challenges come our way, we're not renowned for being in peace, are we? We're renowned for trying to, to fix it our own way. We're renowned for um, uh, either resting upon previous uh, ex- uh, experience um, and, uh, and, uh, or even heading for, for worldly wisdom um, to, to actually get us through. And, um, and really tonight is uh, a, not only just a, a testimony of, of the, the power that the peace, the peace that Christ um, uh, desires us to walk in, but also the the um, it is it is a substance that is to um, to be with us constantly. It's not to come and go. It is something which we have uh, the privilege of of living in uh, when we accept the gift which is before us, which is His peace. And um, and so you know, so many things get chucked chucked around within church, don't they? Peace be with you my child, and with you also. Can, uh, coming, uh, growing up in, a, in a, an Anglican slash um, Baptist background, you, you, you receive that, but you, you don't really know what it is. You don't really sort of come into the, the fullness of, what, what is it that you're actually, you, you're telling me right there? You know, are you, you know, peace man, you know, have a, have a peaceful week, don't go and hurt anybody, um, don't get into any wars, um, or, or, or is there something much more to it, you know? And, um, and so what is peace? And uh, it's, it's great, this is people just saying, well, Simon, um, I, I want to know what that, that peace is, but what, what, is, what is your experience? What is your, what's your definition of peace? And uh, I was able to share this last week, it's a beautiful um, hymn that was uh, written back in 1873, anyone can remember that, um, uh, called Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And, um, you know, the, the beauty of that is that, uh, of this particular song, it, it's written, uh, it was written by a, um, uh, a lyricist, she was blind. She was a blind woman, but she had captured something in the spirit of the significance of who Christ um, was in her life. Though she had no physical sight, she received from the Spirit this assurance, this deep knowing of who Christ was uh, uh, in her life and what was to come 
as part of the eternal purpose. Let me just read you the first verse and, and uh, the, the last verse, because this, this really is the thing that unpacked um, peace for me. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Christ, a, 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 um, a, a taste of, of glory. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Promise of the promise of the promise as we engage with his heart. This is the thing that, that hit it for me though. This last verse, perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. So beautiful, this picture of um, everything in the physical, everything of the circumstance could lead her into a place of um, unease, of fear, of confusion. But the true knowing of Jesus Christ not only helped her to see in the Spirit that which uh, her, her Savior, that which her, um, her, her love was before her, but what he poured onto her. And, um, and blessed assurance, that is, that is peace for me. Assurance is that absolute confidence and certainty of who he is and uh, is a positive declaration of his promise to us. You know, this is to produce um, uh, an absolute rest in times of trials and confidence that ultimately his ways are better than our own ways. There's nothing that can compare to him. There's nothing that is available on this earth that we can try to either muster up or, or, or connect ourselves with that compares to him. And he is the giver of peace. He is the giver of peace. Um, and, uh, and from that assurance, we we have a, a, a position of knowing that we're blessed, knowing that we are um, under his care. We are part of uh, the foundation which he, he is building. And, uh, and a blessed life, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you, it comes without the, the waves. It doesn't come without the storms. But it's knowing that you're in him. It's knowing that you are wholeheartedly uh, placed within his hands, wholeheartedly placed within his heart and his desires, and that his ways will lead us on the path that he has for us. It's a massive promise. That's such a, 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 a delight when we can come into that place. But there are things that, that prevent us, aren't there? There are things which prevent us from entering into the rest that Christ has for us now, that which he's promised us now, and the promise which awaits us for the eternal purpose. And I want to just start from that place before we, we, we run into that which he, he has promised, that which he has, he has laid down for us, um, just so that we can be aware in our own lives why it is that we're not in rest. Why is it that we, we don't have peace? Because... Um, as Paul said in his prayer, there's, there is so much unrest. There is so much uncertainty going on in the world at the moment. I am not even necessarily proud that I'm part of a, uh, a country now that calls itself independent off the back of the referendum on Friday. And it wouldn't have been my choice. Yet there is peace to be had in that place. You know, God has to have his will outworked on this, worth, on this earth. And if it comes through division of nations, which is what is looking like is the likely outcome, then he will have his way. He will have his, his, his glory. He will have his power. He will have his might outworked. The only thing that saddens him is when people who profess themselves to be believers and Christians... Um, fall into a place of fear 
fall into a place of, of sadness and anger and frustration about the things that are going on in this world when he's saying, my plan needs to be outworked. It's going to happen one way or another. So are you okay with this happening? Are you all right with the way the things are going down in this world? And what is your response? What is going to be your response in the times of, of trials to come? Are you going to be someone who stands on the promises that I lay out within my words? Are you going to stand assured that I am who I say I am? Or will we fall away and, and fall into the, the confusion and the destruction? And we see this in uh, Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 12. So let's start there this evening. And this is a clear depiction of the people of God who had the perfect opportunity to enter into rest, enter into the peace of God's promise, of God's assurances, but came short because of their certain lack. And I just, I just, my, my additional prayer t- tonight, Lord, is that spirit, if, if there are things that, that come out of your scripture tonight that we recognize in our own lives, Father, would you present them to us? Lord God, not for the sake of condemnation, you are not a God who condemns, but you are, Lord, here to convict us and to bring us into uh, a greater reality of what you're calling us to. And so I pray, Lord, as, as we open the Scriptures now, God, help us to see where we are on this journey, that we may enter into the fullness of your peace as individuals, but as your body, first and foremost. Thank you, Lord. So let's pick it up from verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For ye also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger that they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them (coughs) did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This, is, uh, this he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For as Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. From the moment that the people of God, the Israelites, were promised that they would be taken out of Egypt into a promised land, a land that was for them, to flourish, to, uh, to grow, uh, ultimately to be with him, to trust him, to walk in uh, the accordance of, of his will and his desires. There was a moment of choice. We either choose as a people to engage with what it is that he's calling us into, who he says he is, who he's calling us to be or we can go our own way and the the big thing that I capture from the scripture is that there is unbelief that is rife within the people and this unbelief 
leads to disobedience, which ultimately creates a lack of peace. There was countless opportunities, right? There's this um, great spiral of fire that comes to protect them as the waters rise and create a path for them to walk through to safety. The fire then goes, the chariots come through, the water falls down on the chariots. An example of God's faithfulness to his people, an assurance that they would be his and he would be theirs. What's their response? No, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm thirsty. Moses, can you help us out? Help us out. So, okay, we'll sort out some food. Mana from heaven, water from a rock. But even that wasn't enough. <laughs> Their premise of, oh, he's been gone for ages, isn't he, that Moses? Why don't we build a calf? Why don't we build a statue that we can worship? There's, there's a, a, a wretchedness that was in them that didn't capture the the promise when the promise was available from the very start and we can be we can so easily be creatures uh, of of seeing the wonders and and the power of God at work but still not believe because we've not attached faith being sure of what we hope for and certain of that which we can't see that's what faith is hebrews 11 verse 1 it is that complete utter certainty which i was talking about that comes from uh, a, a place of knowing him and the the thing that that saddens me is that that was available to them but then a a sabbath was created to remind them of the rest that was available but now we through Jesus Christ, and they heard exactly the same gospel. They heard exactly the same message. Through that gospel and through, um, through what Jesus presents to us and what he gives of himself to us, we can now enter that rest. We can now commit ourselves fully to what, is, uh, what, to what he presents to us. But if we don't attach faith, if we don't come to that place of, of saying, God, I, I need you. I need uh, your, your assurance. I need the fullness of what you have available to me in this situation. And I know that you're the only one who can provide that for me. If we don't attach that faith, then things can set in. Things can, can come in to, to, to niggle to 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 take over and yet God's design is is not that we would be to and forward in our belief or in our faith with him but that we would be one with him and when we're in that place of oneness there is an absolute assuredness there is an absolute confidence that he calls us to the israelites wavered they saw but they didn't come in to believe. And that is why they didn't enter the rest. Our level of intimacy and knowing God determines our level of peace. And, um, you know, we, we I've, I've experienced this um, so much recently that, um, that the word has, has come, has wanted to do a work in me and as I've journeyed that out there has come a choice as to whether to believe whether to trust or whether to not and and in that position it's a fine line you have the 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 degree to to go off or to to engage and I've not made that decision I've not made that decision all of the time but more recently, as I have um, allowed him to, to show his commitment to me 
as I've allowed him to, to speak and I've allowed those words to, to permeate, to, to become uh, my, my very nature, there, there is freedom that, that, that comes alive. There is that, um, uh, that confidence in him. And no, no more so now than, than ever um, in, this, in this last year have, have Emma and I had to completely rely on him. Both here in, in New Zealand, through, um, through, through our lives, through um, how God will provide for us, but even at home, you know, I've got a. My mum has has gone through countless, um, countless surgeries um, herself uh, for 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 so many different things, from uh, appendixes to. Um, uh, to to similar things with as what Chris is experiencing, and um, you know, in the flesh, I could so desire to book my ticket, get home, get over there, be with my mum, and and just you know enjoy the comfort of of being at home and the support of of those around, and and be a support to others. But in that place. Um, there's also the choice to to sit, to be with him, and to ask God, what is what is it that you're calling, you're actually calling me to, in this in this time? What are you calling me to do, in this position? And and so often it has been, watch, wait, and see how I work. Acts one, if you want to go there, actually, yeah, let's go to Acts one. This is not part of my. Message, but Acts one and uh, verse four. I love this because it's it talks talks to community as well. And, wh- and what I want to he- what I want you guys to hear tonight is that peace absolutely is available to us on an individual level. God calls us to to a life which um, lives from a place of abundance and peace. But what we see here is community at peace community at 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 uh, at work in trusting him in believing in 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 what Christ says and is obedient to what what he calls them to so from uh from verse 4 Jesus is uh, about to be taken up into heaven but he's instructing um the disciples and the people around him on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. I just want to leave it there. Waiting in that position, do you think it was a, you know, the whole agitated, bouncing up and down with the leg, come on God, uh, is he going to show up, is he going to show up? I know it's about dinner time now, isn't it? We should all go. We should all go. No, waiting in the context of what is spoken there is from a place of rest. It was from a complete assuredness of what Christ was speaking. They've seen him resurrected. They've seen the power of of God and the promise of uh, of of what Christ testified to be enacted. Belief has hit the very core of them. And now when Jesus commands, it's right, it's business time. We as a community have to come together and we are to wait for this promise. Wait for what it is that God has for us. And it's not from a place of agitation. It's not from a place of fear. Because absolutely, you know, there, were, there, would have been, there were soldiers that were knocking on the doors, prepared to kill these guys, prepared to take them out. And so... And so they have reason <laughs> to be wondering, gosh, actually, can we stay in this place for this amount of time? Because they'll find us. But no, they had a complete assurance of who God was. They had a complete assurance of his promise. And from that position of waiting, they could be at peace. And the promise came. And it was delivered. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. Let's... um. Let's look at John 14. And for me, this is what makes me so glad that Jesus gave us the Spirit. 
to engage this life from a position of rest. And so if we look at John 14 from verse 23 until verse 28, this is Jesus knowing what he is about to engage in. He knows he is about to go to the cross. And the disciples, uh, I'm very interested like as to how the disciples were feeling at this time. But here is a phenomenal promise which stands for us today. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Verse 25, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I wonder what the disciples' thoughts were at this time when he said, I do not give to you as the world gives. You have such a beautiful picture of a mishmash of individuals in the form of the disciples. You've got a zealot, which in modern day terms is a terrorist. <laughs> you've got uh, a, a tax. You've got tax collectors. You've got doctors. You've got fishermen. All of these people had a preconception of who the Christ was to be, and who he was called to be on the earth. They were thinking, "Here's the man." who's going to come and take over the rulership of the, of the Romans. He is the man who's going to be our king. And yet he says, peace I give you. My peace I give you. But it's not going to be the way that you perceive it to be. It's not going to be in the form that you have in your mindset. And so much of um, of how we walk is... Can, can be so conditional about the way in which God works, <laughs> so conditional about how he, he wants to operate in our lives. And yet he's calling us to peace. He's calling us to be at rest, that his ways are better than our own. And I love that he, he, he indicates the, um, the promises over and over to, the, to them about the fact that you know that I need to go to the Father, but you know that I'm coming back. I wonder if if they captured that at that very point, that what he was talking about was for what was to come in in the eternal purpose of, of his kingdom being built, of his church coming about. peace of God will lead us to a greater sight of the eternal purpose of God. But we must approach it from a position that His ways are bigger. His ways are far greater than our own. And we mustn't approach it from a place of unbelief or allow ourselves to get drawn into a place of unbelief when things don't end up the way in which we perceived it. And that's what we're seeing in the world today. We're seeing so much unbelief and, and frustration. And, um, and there's just so many of my friends are just gobsmacked at what's going on. And these are, these are believers as well. These are people who um, you are know, strongly connected to in the, in the London church and, and other local churches. But if, if we don't actually grasp the, um, the design that he has laid out ahead, then we will approach it with unbelief. We will approach it from this place of, of frustration. 
And yet there are things that you are going through at the moment in your own life that um, he is calling you to a greater measure of his peace, a greater measure of himself that you can walk through those trials. You can walk through these situations and be completely confident that he has something which is a far greater purpose. It is to, to work out for your good and not to harm you. The, the intentions of his heart is, is to transform us into him, transform us into his son, that we can be a shining light. We can be a beacon in and during these times. And so I'm, I'm absolutely confident that the work that he's, he's done in me to release me from, um, from holding on to the, th- the, the things of like finance, and uh, and the things of even relating to how I parent and and I bring up my my daughter, you know, we can we can so um, get entangled with uh, with the ways of the world and with the things that that are going on around us. But without um, and and especially if if our eyes are not on Him, you know, that's that's the the key of what Peter experienced when he got out of the boat. People think the storm was calm. I was talking about this with Rochelle. It wasn't calm. The storm was raging when he got out of the boat. It was, it was, it was going hard out. But his eyes were fixed on Jesus. His eyes were fixed on his source, on his defender, on his life source. And it was only when he started to look around and take in the circumstances of life and allow that to define did he start to sink so he never promises that the storms will not rage, but he does promise himself. He promises his peace. He promises his life, his fullness to be available to us. Let's look at this in Colossians three twelve to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. As I was just going on this journey of of preparing this message, I know that... um, we we absolutely start from the place of the individual. God, what is it that you um, are wanting to to reveal to me about where I am um, on this on this journey of of walking in absolute peace with you? And we we are to do that. We are to allow Him to to do His work in our lives. But more and more so, as this scripture brings about, is that. We are each members of one body. We are each members of one body which God has called us to, to be uh, a part of, to, um, to be integral towards. And with that, there is clearly a, a call to, uh, there is a call, but there is also a promise of what is outworked when we as a body walk in that peace, when we walk in that rest of what he is doing. And it, it encompasses everything, guys. It encompasses the, um, the way in which we, we enter um, yeah, into, into worship, into, uh, into uh, our, our lifestyle with him. It's the way in which we, um, we, we come to this place to, to, to sing, to, to serve, um, to to love one another, there is um, such significance that when we 
uh, are at complete peace with the the work that God is doing in us and in our brothers and sisters, that a world sees Him, that a world is is um, is aware of something which they have never experienced before, and yet there are, there can be things which prevent that. Forgiveness, a big thing. Grievances, the the thing which prevents peace from actually taking its root, taking its its place. And I, I wonder if there are grievances or if there is forgiveness which is rec- required um, in our own lives to aid us in that process of walking in His peace, walking in the fullness. The, the virtue of love, of His love, coming and taking its place firmly in us is the thing that, um, which will enable us to, to journey there, that, that out easy, easier. When we allow his, his love to, to penetrate us, to, to have its way, that is a clear sight. It gives us a clear sight of that which he is calling us to as a body. It is a, a clear vision of um, of what he is he's calling us to outside of these four walls as well. And the difference that it will make on the community outside of us. And so that letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, it is um, it is a beautiful transaction that God is calling us to. Calling us to not that um, not that we would um, simply simply have it um, as a as a nice jolly feeling that we can um, that we can say that we've got, but something that actually produces a work and and actually takes us to a greater depth in Him. And I'm confident that that is available here at the rock i'm confident that that is a work that can be can be out outworked in us as we as we travel to uh, on this journey together as we are in discipleship and we've ju- i've just been experiencing that beautifully recently as as people have have shared what it is that's going on in their lives work situations family whatever it may be the vulnerability and the um the honesty, the humility to say, look, this is where I'm at. This is the, the path. This is the journey that I, I, I'm going on at the moment. And the opportunity to, to bring that into, uh, into the fold and, and amongst other people and for, for us to, to pray and to seek God and allow His peace to speak into a situation has brought incredible freedom into people's lives. It's actually enabled a testimony to come forth and so it is a journey of the body as much as it is a journey of the individual. It is, a, uh, it is an outworking which he's wanting to do in us. And I, I see this beautifully as I sort of come to, to a close tonight. 2 Chronicles um, 20. It's a bit of a long scripture, so please stay with me. But the, the significance of this picture with King Jehoshaphat and, uh, and the people is um, is astounding with the the obedience, the response of the people to the situation that was going on around them, and also um, the promises of God coming to life. So we're going to start from from verse one, and um, we'll go through to um, to through to verse thirty. But w- I'll just break it. I'll break it up a bit so that we can um, we can get an idea of the picture. So two Chronicles twenty. Verse 1 to 30. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Meonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar. Verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Let's just stop there. 
I love how it says alarmed. <laughs> you know, God doesn't take emotion out of the picture when we're in a place of, uh, of conflict or we're, in, or we're going through a challenge. He doesn't say suppress your emotional feelings. I am absolutely at peace. There is nothing wrong with this situation. I am in Jesus. No. He, he is aware that we are humans. He is aware that we are people who experience all kinds of, um, of, of, of emotions. And so this is, this is what's beautiful about Jehoshaphat. He recognizes that there's a vast army that's about to come and kick his butt. <laughs> He's alarmed by that. I would be alarmed by that. But what does he do? Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. It's not his choice to, okay, I'm going to get my war, um, uh, my, uh, my war team together. I'm not going to seek the wisdom of, um, uh, of, of the, the, the various uh, people that I've got. I'm going to inquire of the Lord. And that is to be so integral as part of recognizing that the, the work of peace in our life. Do we inquire of the Lord at the point in which something comes at us? Is he our first place prerogative? Or do we try and figure things out in our own strength? Do we try and put things into our, uh, our own perspective? But he says, no, I will inquire of the Lord. And he proclaims a fast for all of Judah. And what's the response? Let's read on. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And they came together to seek help from the Lord. How beautiful to see not just a king, but a people who see that as the main prerogative. We have so many outlets, even as a community, to seek the Lord. And... And there are, there, are, there are distractions. There are things that will, will call us away. There are things that will, um, will, will want to, to take our priority. But God is, is so clearly saying to us that now is the time of incredible urgency where um, I was having this beautiful conversation with Vera early on in the week where he is giving us, um, uh, it's, uh, oh, what's the word? It's uh, a crash course in essence, of, um, of, what, of what we're called to be. He's equipping us, but it's, it's crash course time because there, there is little time to, uh, to, to, to actually respond to this. And so may it be our choice as a family, as a body, to inquire of Him, to seek Him, to allow Him to define our path, to allow Him to define our direction and allow Him to speak into what is happening now and what is to come in the future. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. Right there is a man who is declaring the promises of God, the, the, the declaration of who God was, was saying he was going to be to his people. Now, God doesn't, you know, doesn't need reminding. Oh, yes, yes, I, I was that, wasn't I? Oh, yes, no, you, you, I, I did say I was going to do that, didn't I? No, he, he, he is waiting to see what will rise from the people in recognition of the testimony of what has been and what is to come. And there is uh, this, just this beautiful assurance that comes from Jehoshaphat and is to come from us as well. When we, are in, when we are in positions of doubt, what do we 
what do we cling to? Do we cling to the assurances of what he said? The promise of, of, of what he has spoken over our life? Or do we try and do it on our own? Now, this beautiful meeting with a businessman recently who had, um, had been experiencing, um, you know, bit of up and down in, in amongst the, the current climate and and uh, he, f- he felt he was coming to a place of um, in which he was going to have to sh- close the business down and it was coming you know coming to an end and he was thinking oh how am I going to how am I going to shift all my workers around to uh, to be involved in in other companies or, or in within other jobs and it took a, a sitting down uh, between him and his wife in which um, you know it's just beautiful how um how the relation how relationships work but that whole realm of the the wife coming forth and saying hey hold on a minute we've been through this situation before we've experienced this hardship what was it that god revealed to us what was it that god promised us that last time and he 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 was went on to tell me the story that the the moment i said the words that that god is my everything and that in him is everything and I'm completely reliant upon him and as he finished the conversation a phone call went and he picked up the phone and it was somebody who he had done a quote for and said hey I loved your quote when can when can you come and uh, do the work you know an absolute assurance and a reminder of the testimony of what God laid down before him and this is what Jehoshaphat's doing the promises, the, the declaration, the, the confidence in his God. Reading on from 10. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will, not, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Phenomenal. What a phenomenal heart position. This vast army, this this calamity is before us. And we don't know what to do. But you do. You are who you say you are. And our eyes are fixed upon you. Peace comes when we have our eyes fixed on him. Wholeheartedly, there is no doubt to be had when our eyes are fixed upon our maker, our creator, our savior, our provider. He knows best. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. And then this is great. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel son of Zechariah. I love the fact that it's the king that has called the fast. He's called the community together, but it's not even him who God speaks to. It's someone within the community. And that's the beauty of us coming, um, coming together to seek him, to be one. I am expectant that it's not always going to be Greg who God speaks through, that it's going to come through one of us that something is declared of the utterances of God's promise and his declaration and his guidance to us and that in that place we're at complete peace because we're one with him, we're in intimacy with him, we're drawing from the source and from that place he speaks. Beautiful. Um, Verse 15, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Come on, we need to realize that battles in our lives do not belong to us, but belong to Him to outwork His beautiful purpose in our lives. Not that we would struggle or that we would feel the need to armor up and go to town, but to allow Him, because He's God. He is far greater than who we are. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert, Jurel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. 
Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Man. If we can capture the the significance of receiving um receiving God's word, allowing his promises to to permeate to um to become uh, uh reside with us and and from that place we are living out our lives do you think we would be praising the lord quietly and and uh, thank you jesus thank you lord or do you think we would come with absolute boldness absolute confidence of who he is and and from that place whether you've got a bad singing voice or a good singing voice you would come with a loud voice because it's it it again comes down to it it's not in my strength but it's completely in your strength it's completely what you are doing it's completely your work in my life and when we know that there is no chance of our hands getting on it so that we can have the glory and it's all him who's receiving the glory then we saw in our praise we saw in our exaltation of him because he's worthy he's so worthy early in the morning they left for the desert and as they set out jehoshaphat stood and said listen to me judah and people of jerusalem have faith in the lord your god and you will be upheld have faith in his prophets and you will be successful after consulting the people jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying give thanks to the lord for his love endures forever and as they began to sing and praise the lord set ambushes against the men of ammon and moab and mount seir who were invading judah and they were defeated the ammonites and moabites rose up against the men from mount seir to destroy and annihilate them and after they'd finished slaughtering the men from seir they helped to destroy one another And when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground and no one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka where they praise the Lord, and this is why it is called the Valley of Barakah to this day, which is the Valley of Praise. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. I love how Jehoshaphat, the leaders, the people, were still encouraging one another, still building faith amongst each other, as they were about to step out into their positions, as they were about to um, position themselves in the in the desert where the, the fight was supposed to happen. But in the preparations, in the listening, in the being obedient to him, they set out a appointed group of people to sing to the Lord, to praise him, to go before him with with words of thanksgiving with words of proclamation of who he was, who he meant to them. And the battle was theirs. But how incredible is it that 
from that place of obedience, from that place of inquiring of him first and foremost, that very beginning, that peace came, that rest was assured in and throughout the whole battle, in and throughout the whole situation. And it came from a place that Jehoshaphat knew his king. He knew his God and was assured that he would live up to what it was that he to to who it was that he said he was. On your tables I've put a little picture which I found quite amusing. A friend of mine sent this to me on Facebook a few weeks ago of a boy on a skateboard um looking at a rather terrifying <laughs> hill heading down to a, a jetty out to the ocean. And uh, if you've got a pen with you, um, I want you just to put some, some things down on this paper. And you can take this away and, and pop it in uh, your Word or uh, on the fridge or whatever it is that uh, is visible for you at home. But in that top um, box... Put by the water the things that you see that you know you need peace in, that you know that you need to hand over to God. Those things that may well be causing uncertainty. And that can be that can be anything. I don't want you to limit because God hears, He responds. They can even be in the picture of the eternal purpose. What does it look like, God? Show me. And then what do you think I want you to put in the box next to the boy? Go on. Shout it out. Any thoughts? No thoughts. (laughs) I want you to put Father God in that box. And then where the skateboard is, I want you to put your name. So often I think we can get those two positions mixed up. And we can look at the picture and we can go, gosh, that's, uh, that's a scary prospect. And uh, if I was that boy, I'd be, uh, I'd be breaking that right about now. <laughs> but actually if we change our perspective and that the one who is the best skateboarder that we can ever <laughs> ask for, the person that is always in control, the person who sees all, is our Almighty Father. And we are the skateboard that is being guided down towards that jetty, guided down to that path where he wants to reveal himself, where he wants to to take us on that journey. Then we can be completely assured that he is in control that he knows the best path to get down there and that we can have the confidence and we can have the peace and the rest that he will reveal those things to us in his own time. And so let's just take some some time just in amongst the people that you're you're sitting with just to just to pray and to uh, put some questions out there as to what it was that God has placed on your heart in and through the message tonight. What is it that he's, he's saying? But then just maybe take that opportunity, if you feel comfortable to, it's just to share those things that, um, that God is, is teaching you or, or what God is, God is taking you through right now and allowing His path, His way, his truth, his life, to be the thing that defines those those things at the bottom of the jetty and allowing his peace to do a work. 
Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for this time. I thank you for what you are revealing to us and what you're speaking to us, Lord. And Lord, that peace absolutely is available to us as as individuals and you desire us to to walk from that posture, not to be afraid, not to be um, disheartened, Lord, but to know who you are and to rest upon that, to rest upon your promises, rest upon your, your life, your nature, your character, Lord, that you reveal to us as we choose to draw near to you. And so, God, we, we once again this evening and going forward, Lord, we, we consciously place ourselves in your hands. We choose to consciously fix our eyes upon you, our source, our vine, our provider, to be who you say you are. And Lord, I pray, God, that if there is misalignment, if there is, um, uh, if there is a struggle to, uh, to see who you are, to uh, accept that which your word proclaims, Lord, I pray that you would come and do a work like you have in, in so many of us, Lord, to, to reveal your love, to reveal your peace, to reveal your rest, your patience, your goodness, your kindness, your joy. Lord, that which is available to us on this earth now as well as it is in eternity. Father, we are so grateful for the way in which you do things, Lord, and the timing of the way in which you do things that creates and births a deeper knowing of you and a testimony that we have the privilege of sharing with others of your faithfulness, your goodness to us. And I pray that we would be a people, Lord God, that operate, that live from rest, no matter what storms go on around us, no matter what situations come into our life, Lord, we would operate from rest. And from that place of peace, Lord God, your work can be outdone in us. It can be accomplished. And we can be people who are known as overcomers that sit at the right hand with your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your promise. And I pray that in our time right now, Lord, we would allow your spirit to move and speak. We would be vulnerable with one another. And we would allow you to do a work in us that takes us from glory to glory. In your name, amen.